You're listening to the Empower to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Dina T, and I'm so excited to take you on a journey through stories of everyday experts as we share the ways we've harnessed the power inside us to improve the quality of our lives and the health of our minds. We're so excited to have you here with us and hope you feel inspired and empowered to heal. Hello, you beautiful souls. Today you are in for such a special treat. It is my one-year kidneyversary with my dear friend, Alethea Rodriguez. And those of you who don't already know this, Allie is somebody that I met about a decade ago in grad school. We went to school together for about a year when she was here in Arizona. And last year, August 25th of 2020, I donated my kidney to her. And Allie and I came together for a conversation to talk about our kidney donation for the first time since we actually donated. We have not come together to specifically talk about this process with one another. We kind of went through it. We healed together. We shared healing updates and like doctor visit updates, but we've never really hashed out like how we got here and what that process was like for us. And we have really asked each other a lot of questions about it. And so today we come on the show to talk all about this process, what it was like for us. And it was actually a pretty long conversation. So I've split the episode up into two episodes. They're both launching today. So you're welcome to listen to both of them in a row, or you can space them out if need be. I'm really excited for you guys to join us in this conversation. And before we get started, I want to give a wonderful shout out to the National Kidney Registry, which this is the registry in which allowed me to donate my kidney to Allie despite location. So that sounds silly and crazy, but... Allie and I live on opposite sides of the country, and due to the National Kidney Registry, we were able to make this happen. The National Kidney Registry was wonderful to work with. They sent me everything I needed to test and evaluate if I would be a match for Allie, and everything is completely cost-free. If you guys are interested in donating your kidney to a loved one or just somebody in need, visit kidneyregistry.org today. In addition, I want to give a shout out to another opportunity to donate life, and that's through Be The Match. Be The Match is a registry where you can go to my.bethematch.org and get sent a free kit to swab your cheeks. It's super fast. You just take this Q-tip that they send you, you swab your cheeks, you put it in an envelope and you send it back and they put you in the registry to be a match for bone marrow. These are both things that you can do as a living donor, as a healthy person, and they save lives. And so feel free to visit these websites. This is not a sponsored episode, but it is just something I truly believe in and things that I personally have done and am doing. So without further ado, here is Allie Rodriguez. Hello, you beautiful souls. 
thank you for joining us today. I am here with my dear, dear friend, Alethea Forlas. Ali, it's so good to have you. Hello, I'm so excited. And I'm Ali Rodriguez now. I got married. Remember oh my that? God. Yeah, <laughs> I got to get with it. Well, Come on, Dina. Sometimes I forget my own last name now. So it just happens. I it's forgot my maiden months. name the other day. So how did you forget? <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. I hope so. I don't even know who I was before. <laughs> right? <laughs> So Allie and I are coming on to have a really exciting conversation with you guys. And I got to be honest, I'm nervous. I have like fire breathing dragonflies. They're not even butterflies living inside me right now. I eat three cookies and a piece of chocolate. Like right before this, I got sweaty armpits. This is like the real deal anxiety happening. Because Allie and I are going to talk about something really, really intimate with you guys. And it's something that... I don't really talk about with people and I haven't really talked much about and I kind of just like made a big decision and went with it during the pandemic and and I donated my kidney to Allie <laughs> during the pandemic. It's me. I got it now. My body. <laughs> my right kidney which has been nicknamed Denali. Denali. Which is our name together. But also a really big mountain. So it makes and sense. And also a really pretty car that one day I should drive. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like an $80,000 car or something. I, don't I know, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Denali is now living promptly inside Alley. And um, we are both living and thriving in this world with one kidney because you guys, you can live off of 30% of what one kidney and rock life. You really like, can. <laughs> bam! Mic drop on that fact right, right there. Right. Take that. Keep that in there. I know. So <laughs> I'm like hella nervous to talk about this because it's out right. of my comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. I'm used to talking about mental health and I'm used to talking about like, I don't know, uncovering things from my childhood or my upbringing. Right but actually right. talking about something that just happened. It didn't just happen. We're like, okay, yeah. yeah, we're planning to air this on our year, our one year kidneyversary. Kidneyversary. <laughs> yeah. So we can start with that, right? Like you went into the hospital on the 25th, right? In the um, afternoon. Yeah. I, I don't even remember. <laughs> I think you went on the 25th. At like in the evening time. Cause like, let's start. So you're in Arizona and I'm in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So you went you went in the evening and then they red, red eyed it, right? Red eyed it to me. Dude, they stuck my kidney on a commercial flight with a tracker yes, they to did. Pennsylvania. And then it got inserted in me. So there's that. I'm pretty sure when I woke up from surgery, you were already in surgery. I was. Yeah, we had an overlap because I had text Michael like that day you were going in and was like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, oh, she's going into surgery. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Where were you when I was going into surgery? Were you like already I was in the at hospital? Home. No, I was at home because I went to surgery like at 5 a.m. the next day. So it, for you, I guess with the time difference, it was only a couple of hours, right? But like True. for me, I had to be at the hospital at 5 a.m. So I was prepping and whatever. So when you were waking up hours later, I was going in. Like we were swapping times. So Really? Yeah. yeah. We have like a two-day anniversary. We might as well make it a whole week. You know, we deserve that. I was so out of it. I didn't think of that. I was just like, I woke up and I heard that you got my kidney and, and it worked. And I was like, yay, give like, me more pain meds. <laughs> <laughs> seriously the pain is real the pain is real people 
So let's mm. start from the beginning, Allie. <clears throat> Tell yeah. me about like, so you guys, I'm going to be real with you. Allie and I don't know each other's story. We have not like spent hours on hours talking nope. about this. It was just kind of like, yo, you want my kidney? Yeah, yeah. let's do I'll this. Take that. <laughs> and we did it. And yeah. Allie and I are friends from like years ago. So we went to grad school together back in 2010. 2010? 2010. 2010. Yeah, we've known it this May. We have known each other for 11 years. Okay. So we went, yeah, we met, we started grad school in June, right? Yeah. So it was June, yeah, of, so 2010. June of 2010. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. we like rocked it in grad school and did. did that in a year. Mm. High five to you. High five. Air high five. <gasps> um, and June, May, May of 2011, we graduated and you yeah. were like, bye, Arizona. I'm going I was home. So, yeah. So let's just take it back. So actually right before I met you is when I got diagnosed with kidney disease. Mm -hmm. Like I literally got diagnosed right before I met you. Cause I remember having to get blood work done and all of this stuff. And then mm. we won't get into all of the details, but that year I was in grad school, my dad was actively, basically actively dying. He had cancer. Mm -hmm. I remember. So Dina and I have been through so much <laughs> in such a little time. So Dina and her husband, year. Michael were really supportive of me during that time. So all of those things were happening for me. Um, and I basically went home because of my father. So, mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because looking back at it, I'm like, I should have just went home and visited and then came back. Cause like, I love Arizona. Like, it's just a different thing about it. Like when you, I don't know anybody that listens that's like on the East coast, but I'm in Pennsylvania. I go to New York a lot and that's like fast paced. Like Arizona's not like that. Like it's like chill, relaxed, as hot as you know what, but it's like such a different environment. And like, I don't know, you just feel like a healthier you there for some reason. That's know. so weird for me to hear because I'm like, I live in the city in Arizona and I'm like, it's fast paced. I've never been to New York. So I'd probably be like, <laughs> Hit by a train, but <laughs> <laughs> total culture shock for sure. But yeah, so we met then. I had that diagnosis, and then um, you, as everybody should know, if they don't go listen to season one, episode five, right? That's our other podcast together. I think I don't um, remember we, the episode number. I think it's five. I, I could look it up while you're talking. <laughs> so in that podcast, we talk about my child loss with my daughter Callista. So basically. I was pregnant in 2018. I found I was pregnant in April, um, had to be on bed rest, ended up having her in August of 20, no, 2019. I'm lying to myself, 18, 19, sorry. So 2019, I have her in August and she passes away in September, mm -hmm. September 11th. Um, that's like a very short story. Um, mm -hmm. So after that, basically when I went on bed rest, they were like, your kidneys are failing. So I already had known that my kidneys were not doing well. They were functioning about 25, 30%. That was while you were pregnant? Yes. Okay. So, and 30% is when it starts failure, right? Right, basically. Like, so you have to watch it then. Okay. Um, so I knew going into pregnancy that like, it's going to be a high risk pregnancy and it was scary, but I was like, I didn't think I could get pregnant. We went through all these things to get pregnant. We thought we weren't going to have kids. Stop trying. Bam, I'm pregnant. So it kind of was something that like we wanted. We didn't think it was going to happen. Then it happened. Went through all that. So they watched my kidney throughout the time. And then suddenly she stops growing to like the way she should be. And they're like, oh man, we got to put you on dialysis ASAP. So I go into the hospital. I have to have like this emergency catheter put into my neck, which was the most traumatic. While you're ever. pregnant. Yes. It okay. was awful. They put you under a tarp and I'm like, I'm like pretty strong and not like a big baby, but that was so 
like being pregnant, having all this hormones, being scared as hell. Nobody can go with you because it's basically about to be COVID. So they're already like prepping, right? They didn't even know what they're getting themselves into. So <laughs> I'm like crying, freaking out. And they're like, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not. And so I'm on dialysis, hemodialysis while I'm on bed rest every day for hours. It was very tiring. And for those who don't understand dialysis, what is that? What is that? Tell us about right. it. Yeah. So hemodialysis takes the blood out of your body. It filters just through this machine. It's huge. Like, it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like here we have this thing called Marty. It's at our local store. It's a robot that goes around and like chucks things out. I don't know, but it's big. It's like, I want to say like, like six feet tall and like three feet wide. And then like, and your blood leaves your body and goes into this. Yeah, you did this. It. Yes. What? Yeah. They filter it, right? They filter your blood, they clean out all the bad stuff, and then they put that back into you. So they do this like three times. That's why it takes so long. And it's really exhausting. Like it's so hard on your body, right? Oh my God. So I did this the whole time on my bed and bed rest, which was about four weeks. Um, and then I had preeclampsia, which a lot of people get, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, you need to deliver her now. So I had a C-section and I had her um, and my kidneys, they bounced back up a little bit, but not mm-hmm. really. So they continued to watch that. And then, you know, I had lost a baby in September. So they're mm-hmm. like, we're just going to watch you. And then come um, January, they're like, okay, you need to go on dialysis. Like your kidneys are still getting worse. So Wait, I went, question. <laughs> so why did they do the hemo diet? Is that what it's called? Hemodialysis? Hemo, yep. Why H-E-M-O. did they do that compared to typical dialysis? So hemodialysis, so you have hemodialysis and then you have peritoneal dialysis, which goes into your stomach. So I couldn't do that because, right. And when you get peritoneal dialysis, like it goes, they have to put this like tube into your stomach basically. Um, And I couldn't do that because I was pregnant where hemodialysis normally, I think it's in your upper arm where you have your replacement. And that's something either way, you get whatever you're having hemo or peritoneal placed. And then you have to wait a couple of weeks to have the actual dialysis because mm-hmm. you can't like just use that right away. It has to get like settled and the swelling has to go down, that type of thing. Okay. Yeah. So then in January, they're like, you're going on dialysis. I think March, I got my peritoneal dialysis cath placed in my stomach. Um, and they're like, you are going to need a transplant. So I start meeting with the transplant team and, you know, we're figuring all this stuff out. I'm like, Wait, what did that feel like? Did you, did you think you'd have to have a transplant one day? Were you readying yourself for that? So I, for me, it was also crazy because it happened within like a two year period, right? Being pregnant and then like getting a transplant, right? Mm-hmm. Not even two years, basically like a year. So like, for me, it was like so scary because I'm like, Hey, I never really thought about transplant. I never thought about dialysis. I really didn't think I'd have a baby. Like, so all these things are happening and I'm just like, oh my God. But I'm also like, when I was in high school, I never thought I'd go to college. Like I was like, yeah, I guess I'll go to like community college. Like I never thought I- master's degree. (laughs) Like I never really thought like, this is what life is going to be like. I kind Mm -hmm. of have always been an in the moment person. Yeah. So yeah, the peritoneal dialysis, that was like, okay. I was scared to have that because like getting the catheter put in for the hemodialysis was so freaking like traumatizing for me. I was like, I can't do that again. Like that was too much. And they're like, no, no, you'll be asleep. We'll put it in your stomach. It's way less healing time. Like you'll be fine. So it is weird. Cause you have like this tube. It's like, I don't know, 12 inches hanging out of your stomach all the time. <laughs> yes. You have to like hold it up when you shower and like, you can't get it wet at first. What for the whole time you've been on dialysis, you had that. So I was on hemodialysis and then I had the baby and I didn't have dialysis anymore after that. And then you and then had in this like January, February of 2020. Yes. 
they put the, the peritoneal dialysis cath in me. Until so I you have had the transplant. Stomach. Right. So through my stomach, peritoneal dialysis is like this big ass bag of food. Oh, can I curse on here? I forgot. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> so you could, it's a big bag of like solution. It's like a saline solution with other stuff in it. They told me when I'm done using it, I could use it in my garden because it helps plants grow. Anyway, it goes into your stomach. It like swishes around and then it goes and drains into a drain bag. Oh but God. I just had to do it at night. Are you laughing at me? No, I'm it's like gross. dying because it's gross, but it's okay. It is gross. And it comes out, basically it's your pee. It's basically like making you pee. But I still peed during dialysis. So like a so lot you of did both. Like, you have like pee coming out of a tube in yes. your stomach and pee when you pee on the toilet? Basically, yeah. But the oh. stomach stuff was just clear because they're like cleaning you out. And it's the same thing as the hemodialysis. It's just a different way of doing it. So like okay. a, lot of, a lot of people do hemodialysis, if, or sorry, peritoneal dialysis, if there are people that go to like work or you know whatever so you can do peritoneal dialysis two ways you can do it overnight or you could do it four times a day so you put it in your stomach let it swish around take it out put it in your stomach so that's kind of what i did it was like put it in at night let it swish around all day and then flush it out and then it just changes based on what you need so what is so i know people who are like i've got to go to dialysis and they like go a few times a week they go it's to a not clinic. But it's not like you had it like 12 hours a day. Yeah, like, at home. So they're probably having hemodialysis. So that was the other option. I could have hemo where I would go in the morning at like five in the morning in a clinic and they like do it for you. I guess you could do it at home too, but I didn't want to deal with the blood. I was, not that I'm scared of blood, but I just thought that that just sounded too risky. Mm. Where putting this thing in my stomach, as long as I'm like keeping it clean and being safe, like I'll be okay. Okay. Oh man, you are so brave. And so many people go through this, like, and and you didn't, you didn't have to do this until you got to the point of kidney failure at about 30% functioning. And you went from when they said you had kidney disease to kidney failure. That was like 10 years. years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So a lot of things impact that. So like, if we looked at history, right? Like when I was like 16 or 15, I, okay. When I was like five, I got diagnosed with hearing loss. And then when I was 15, 16, I got diagnosed with high triglycerides, which is like related to cholesterol, but not exactly the same. Then I got diagnosed with gout, which is like, if you drink beer, you eat like lots of meat you get this like swollenness between your um, joints. It's like crystallizes in there and it's super painful. So all this stuff ends up being related to my kidney. I also have high blood pressure. I got diagnosed with that, like before the kidney disease, like right before. So all of these things over time kind of show these things. And I think for me, I want to, I want to take a moment to say that, you know, my mother is a nurse in ICU. So for her, like, it was like, these things are obvious. You need to go get these things checked out. For me, I really encourage people to go to their doctors and have physicals and, you know, every other year have blood work done when they turn a certain age, just to make sure you're checking yourself out. Because that's a big thing that like women, men live with these types of diseases and have no clue until something happens, right? Mm. I met someone to the Peace Palace and she had three or four kids until she found out that she had kidney disease, right? So it's kind of like, oh my God, like you can live and never know. Because for me, I've always been chubby. So I've always been tired. So I was just like, oh, I'm just tired because I'm chubby and like, I need to get exercise. But like some of that was just having bad, you know, kidneys and having kidney failure. And this is something that you were genetically predisposed 
So we think so. So this is where it gets interesting. So my kidney doctor and my nephrologist, like my main nephrologist and the transplant team think that myself and I have a younger brother, I have three brothers, but my youngest brother also has kidney disease. So they do think it's genetic. They just don't know exactly what it is. So the one that they wanted to test us for, I can't remember what it's called. You have to test both parents. But since my dad is deceased, they can't do that. So um, it's not polycystic. I know that Um, there's a couple other ones they've like ruled out. So it's interesting. There's a, a, some type of kidney disease that's related to hearing loss. So they thought, okay, maybe that's it, but it's hard to really track those things. It's interesting how we have so many medications and like things to do with the heart. Like you can get a transplant, you can get like, you know, your valves replaced or repaired, but like kidney is just like a different world. I mean, think about diabetes, you know, Mm -hmm. they're connected in some ways and I feel like we need so much more progression on those things. Absolutely. We do. Oh my goodness. I had no idea about all of this. Like my life is a mess. What? So then let's get to our transplant. Let's not spend too much time on this. Okay. This episode is brought to you by One World Empowered. Hey there, tired mama. Do you wish you could push a reset button on your energy? Like, Do you want to keep up with those Energizer bunnies that are running around you all day? I know, I know, I know. I feel ya. Coffee can only do so much. Well, don't you worry. I've got you covered. Now, just imagine a community of mamas who know the struggle and are working together to harness and reclaim their energy. We're talking about a true community of mamas who get it. Daily practices to jumpstart your days, accountability partners, group coaching calls to ground and recenter you throughout the 28 days. Does this sound like the exact dose of medicine you need in order to feel 100% again? If so, this program is exactly what you need if you want to be more present with your kiddos, if you think a new routine will help you maximize your time and you enjoy having an accountability partner to help you with developing that new routine and those new habits, if you'd like to increase your patience and energy all while reducing your stress and anxiety, and if you think it would be amazing to have an understanding community of mamas who get it and are on the same path towards healing. Mama, today is the day you choose you and level up. Come join our 28-day energetic reset for moms by visiting www.oneworldempowered.com slash work with me and click the learn more option next to the energetic reset program or just scroll down and click the link in my show notes below. I can't wait to meet you and witness you step into your full potential. See you there, mama. So I post on Facebook and I'm like, hey, guys, need a kidney. Like, let me know. Post it in Marketplace. So what really. made you like be like, this is a Facebook decision? Because I feel like, so like, I'm not a big poster. Like I mostly just post memes and like talk about how people are a-holes. But like, I was like, you know what? I have like a thousand some friends on Facebook. And like, I know people that know people, right? Like, what do they call that? Like six degrees of Kevin Bacon where like, you know, a celebrity somehow, right? So anyway, I thought, let me post it there. And like, somebody will tell somebody, right? And I had a lot of people call to be like, hey, can I donate for this chick, right? So you just call and you say, hey, my friend needs a transplant. This is what I'm thinking. And they're like, like, first they screen you. Like, there's a couple questions they ask. And if any of those questions are yes, you're automatically out. So like, you can't have cancer. Can't have mm-hmm. had cancer to donate a 
kidney. I don't know about other organs, but I'm assuming it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. You can't be too far out of somebody's age range. But then, as you know, as well, there's like, oh man, what's it called? Do you know where you cross match? Yeah. So it's like, you want to donate for me, but I'm not your match. But Jerry is, and he's donating to Bob. So you're Bob's match and I'm Jerry's match. So you donate for me, but it goes to someone else. So, so yeah, how many people... Well, yeah, it's cross match pairing or something yeah. like that. How many people said like, Hey, I want to test. Do a you lot. know? So I don't know if this is every number. So that's where like HIPAA comes in. Like the only reason I knew you donated is because you told me, right. Um, so it just depends. Like you can get a kidney from a deceased person if they're on the donor list, but that's a longer wait. So I know at least 10 people I know called because they called me after and they're like, Hey, I called. This is what happened. Um, That's so first of all, like, I want to like shout out if you're listening to this and you called like bless your freaking soul like, seriously. to know Allie that people are calling like just random like, hey, I saw this and calling all of these people like you are awesome. a freaking gem and you're yes. loved. You're yes. loved. Yeah, like, how could you not be like, you know, I don't know people listening if they believe in like God and heaven and hell, but like, to me, that's like an instant path to heaven. Because like, (laughs) it's so like, if you're the gatekeeper pass, you're in, even though you stole something when you were in your 20s, we'll let you go. Um, (laughs) It's so selfless. Like, you know, I think it's like, um, carrying a baby for somebody, like, even Mm -hmm. if you get paid, like, that's, so selfless in my opinion like you're doing something for someone that they can't do for themselves and like Mm -hmm. it makes me want to cry because it's like that's a big freaking deal Mm -hmm. like you gave me your fucking kidney bro like you didn't (laughs) just say here let me donate my hair to you or here's twenty dollars because you don't have gas this week you gave me your freaking organ like that's a deal like, I don't know if people understand how big of a deal that is. I mean, we it can get into it. It makes me so yeah. uncomfortable thinking about it in those terms. <laughs> you gave me your kidney. It's mine now. <laughs> a part of you is inside of me. I think it's, I think it's a miracle. I remember seeing your Facebook post and I saw it and I was standing, I know exactly where I was standing in my house and my computer was open and I was on Facebook on my computer for some reason, instead of my phone, which is odd. Really random. (laughs) And I don't know why that, that detail matters for this conversation, but (laughs) I was standing in this corner of my kitchen and I looked at it and I was like, huh. And then I Googled like how to donate a kidney. And I was like, huh. And then I turned to Michael and I said, Hey, I think, I think I'm going to see if I'm a match. Cause Allie needs a kidney. And he said, what? And I said, Allie from grad school, Alethea, Allie needs a kidney. And I think I'm a match. And he's like, Whatever. you're crazy right <laughs> I, I'm like the person where I'm like will you come to the dentist with me and hold my hand or like yeah. literally taking my friend with me to the doctors when I have to get poked like I right. don't do needles I don't do pokes I don't do blood I don't like doctors I mean it's not personal doctors but y'all scare me <laughs> and, and you have the thing with pain meds like you can't take oh, certain pain meds oh my god I yeah I have a whole classification of pain meds cause me seizures. And so yes. I have all of this weirdness, but I'm terrified. And I just looked at Michael and he's like, okay. And I don't think he believed me, Allie. He, I think he was like, he was like, yeah, all right. right. Yeah. Like, yeah. you cuckoo, whatever you do, you boo. And I didn't tell anybody else after that. I didn't tell really? my parents. No, I think I I'm messaged surprised. you and I was like, 
hey, I think I'm going to look into this. And you're probably like, yeah, Uh whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're one of X amount of people who are saying that to me. I think people have good intentions and wanting to do it. But like I said, it's scary. I don't fault anybody that doesn't do it because it's it's scary. No, I had moments in my journey where I was like, am I crazy? Am I losing my mind? But I felt like called, like I, people have asked and I'm like, it was just a God thing. Like, like just felt it completely a God thing. Like I knew when I looked at the screen that we were going to be a match and I didn't want to keep my hopes up in case we weren't going to be one. But I, I just felt like, I think this is, I think I'm supposed to do this. I'm going to, and I did it all. If you can do it wrong, I did it wrong. And I remember like, (laughs) I like signed up. This is, this is, so this was right before the pandemic. This was February of 2020. Yeah. And I signed up through the national kidney donors thingamajig registration or something registration. There it is. And I typed in my information and you have to fill out this like pre-screener. And so I filled out the pre-screener and then I'm like, then what? And then it's like, oh, we're going to mail you a kit. You have to pee in a jug for 24 hours, Allie. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, I'm familiar. I got to go to work and take my pee jug. I got to, what am I, what what is this? How does this work? What do I do? Oh my God. (laughs) so funny you're like I don't want to do this just thanks this it is was gross. like the weirdest situation yeah. ever and so I get my pee jug and I get my like <laughs> thing where I got to go to the blood get my blood drawn so they can test me for things oh. and I do that and I submit I go to the office I'm like do I just carry my jug of pee up with Here's me in pee. the parking lot like waiting in the waiting room what do I do with right this? like it's illegal right oh, oh god I gotta hide this it is just gross, like yeah. hanging out with my pee, but yeah. yep. mm-hmm. I, so I went in and I gave them all that. And then, and then I was like, well, now what happens? And then the pandemic hit and yes. I was like, wait a second. Fudge. So Fudge. everything got put on pause. And then they told me, I called your hospital and I was like, I called your coordinators yeah. and I was like, so I did this through the national kidney registration and they're like, why do you do that? You should have called us directly. And I was like, well, I live in Arizona. And they're like, well, you're going to have to fly here and have the transplant here in Pennsylvania. And I was like, wait, but if I do that, I have a kid. How am I going to get home? You have a husband, you can't you have fly a job. on an airplane. I have a job. Like I've got all of this stuff going on. I'll never and so that. I was literally planning with my parents, like, okay, I'll fly there. They'll take a road trip in their RV and then they'll drive me back afterwards. Your mom would so do that too. I know my parents, my parents love you. <laughs> I love them. My little heart. So I, I, we were like planning, okay, we can do this. And then like, they're like, but you're going to have to then fly back out here because yes. you have to come to our hospital and see our doctor at every single checkup. Yeah. Like one month, three months, six, I'm six like, months, nine wait, months. What? No, no. Right. And so in my amount of checkups weren't as intense as your amount of checkups, but, right. um, Still. I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then when I, when I contacted the national kidney registration, it took me forever to find someone to even talk to on the phone. And so I'm, I'm like sure. searching for how do I do this? And finally I discovered that Mayo clinic here in Arizona yeah. partner partners with the national kidney registry. And it was like, even if you feel called, whether you think it's by God or a higher power for me, I felt 
called by God to do this, you're going to get road like bumps in the middle. Like you're going to have to go through hurdles to overcome. And we had our fair share of hurdles on this journey. And it started out with like Pennsylvania hospital saying like, sorry, you got to be here in person. No, you shouldn't have gone through the national kidney registry. Then Mayo saying like, oh, we can't accept that pee and blood. You got to do that again. (laughs) This was like probably the worst for you. You're like, I don't want to be poked again. I know the amount of blood draws I did. And then it was like, okay, we are going to do an additional blood draw, but this one's going to be mailed directly to Pennsylvania within 24 hours. So they can do this type of matching. But I remember Allie getting the phone call and the phone call was like, I know I was like (laughs) giddy. And they told me we were matched. And I was like, I freaking knew it. (laughs) (laughs) I am a child of God. Right? No, that was amazing. And like, honestly, like there are no amount of words for me to say to you of how thankful I am to you and grateful. And like, it's crazy. Cause like your mom and I talked about this, about how like, I, I talked to my mom. my mom last. Yeah. I talked to your mom. We best. We're best. <laughs> the things I'm learning you know, today. <laughs> right. She's like, you know, when she was pregnant with you, it wasn't the easiest, but she was determined to keep you. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that like, it makes me like, this is where I get, where my spirituality comes in because I believe in this like karma, right? Like this circle, like she, you know, how old are you? 30, 30 years ago, went through all of this time to try to like make sure her baby girl made it here safe. And it's like, I feel like you're a gift to me. Oh, I love <laughs> you, know, you. That's for me. You know what I mean though? But it's like, it's, it's crazy just how the world works. Like what if you wouldn't have made it and you weren't here? I know they didn't, they didn't think my mom should keep me. They said, it's your life or your baby's life. And my mom said, I'll pick my baby, even though she already had a Uh, baby at home. She needed a second one. (laughs) Thank God I made it earth side. Oh, seriously, we needed you. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if there is a God, or even if there isn't right, there's a strong influence of like the universe knows God knows, right? Mm -hmm. Like these are the things for me that are like, wow. Like, it's crazy how she never knew that, right? But she knew she needed you. She wanted her baby girl here and she got you here. And like, it's, it's just all full circle to me. So when you were a match for me, it was just like, wow. Like I have a friend that I don't even talk to on a daily basis. I know. I don't think we had talked in a couple of years, even maybe like maybe on Facebook here and there, but not like, right. But like, wow. Like I have a friend, someone I met who was with me through difficult times 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. who was going to go through voluntarily don't call times with me again like I don't know like I just don't have words to express how amazing of a human you are and if you don't have to express that, it I love me. you and I know it it's fine like you're just fabulous <laughs> and like everybody's below you so no yeah <laughs> no I reject yeah. that statement. I love you though. I feel like this journey has been so amazing. I think for me on a different level, I know when I got that call. So even before we got that call, if you guys are hearing this and you're like, whoa, I didn't know you could donate a kidney or wow, you can do that. I want you to hear a few things. I want you to hear that. I, I am somebody who believes in functional medicine. I don't opt for medical things that I don't ne- like need out of necessity. I choose not to take medications um, and, and look for natural routes for healing. And so I go to a functional medicine doctor, Dr. Emily Park at um, Arizona Wellness Medicine. And she 
um, she used to be, so I went and I told her in February, I said, so I think I'm going to do this. Am I good? And she's like, yeah, you're good. She's like, I actually used to be, so she's a medical doctor. She used to be the person who does like anesthesiology. And she's like, I used to do, and like, I was the anesthesiologist in surgeries for people who are getting nephrectomies to donate. I know. I was like, it is full circle, full circle. And so she, she's like, you only need 30% of one kidney. Like you, you have, you're born with two of them. And she's a functional medicine doctor. Y'all like, she's the person who's like, how do you optimize your body without like going crazy medical? She's not the type of person that's like, let's give people your organs left and right. Right, But she knows, she knows the human body so dang well. And she knows how to optimize the functioning of your body and treat it through really powerful ways. And she's telling me like, yeah, there's no problem. You're go for it. Right. And I've got my fair share of medical, whatever in my past. Um, a lot of things, but she's, she knew I was fit for it and I I'd be able to, and she reassured me that you can do it. So if you're listening to this and you ever feel called to donate an organ, or if you're like, you have a loved one who's in need, you can do it and you can freaking thrive afterwards. We'll get there. We'll talk about our level of functioning, but, um, I think that it's so important to spend time just articulating like this is doable. This is real. And the more people that understand this, the better because the registry. So Ali, you were put on the registry. What did they tell you? The average wait time is. Yeah. So if you have a live donor, it could be six months, right? If you have someone that you specifically know to donate to you, Mm -hmm. but it could be five to nine years. It just depends. I mean, and it also depends. I mean, there's, we can't, we don't need to get into all this, but there's things like regions and stuff like that. So, you know, you might only get a kidney. I'm in Pennsylvania, you're in Arizona. Like if we didn't know each other, I probably would never got your kidney. Right. So I think they're trying to make that better and they're doing their best, but you know, I think just from what I know from my hospital, um, you know, UPMC is the hospital that I went to, um, and they have done more transplants this year than they did last year. So like, it's getting better, right? Mm -hmm. More people are becoming educated on it. More people are open to doing these things. And like, yes, it is scary. And it's a lot of work. Like you will have pain. Don't let anybody lie to you, but it is something you can get through. And it is, Mm -hmm. if it's going to help somebody you love or just somebody you don't even know, like, it's just amazing. It's amazing that I think about, you know, medical history and maybe all the crazy and maybe not good things that we as a country or the world went through to get here. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for doctors, you know, Yes, it's a, it's a lot of things, you know, they, you know, that medical history hasn't always been maybe the most honest. Mm -hmm. Um, but the fact that we are here now and we could do these things, it just blows my mind. So I would second what you say, like, call, if you think that you want to donate, call, talk to somebody. Like there are plenty of support groups out there, Facebook, Instagram, in person, I'm sure. Like you just have to search around. I mean, the internet is a wonderful and horrible thing at the same time, right? Like you could find anything. Yeah. I'm in a support group on Facebook for people who are interested in donating and who have donated their kidney. And it's such a powerful group to be a part of, but people who don't know somebody or don't have somebody that's willing to donate a live living kidney, right? You have to wait for a deceased donor. And that means you have to wait for your turn on the list to come up. Somebody 
who has just died and allowed their organs to be donated and are in a, a level of functioning that's okay to donate and are an exact match for you. Yes. Yep. Comes not up too far from which, your age. <laughs> not, yeah, it has to be a really, really specific match. You have to wait for that. And people are waiting past their due. Years. Like they wait and they die because they can't get yeah. there, right? They don't yep. come up. And I would add that those people that are waiting for that deceased kidney, like they're on dialysis. Mm-hmm. I'm 99.9%, they will be on dialysis. Mm-hmm. The longer you're on dialysis, the worse your health gets. So mm-hmm. dialysis is helpful, but it's not meant to be a long-term solution. So I think yeah. it's, it's scary. It's a really scary situation. And I'm so blessed that like I got put on the list and got my kidney like literally in six months. Like literally. Was it? No. Literally. But yes, because think about it. I got started dialysis in March and we had our transplant in August. So five, six months. That's not right. It felt like ages Unheard of. though. It I did feel like, like ages. ages. Trust me. <laughs> felt awful. I mean, you were in torture. I was just like, come on, medical teams. Come, yeah. Like talk to each other, communicate. <laughs> awful. So, yes. Oh my God. So when you go, you, you go through a bunch of testing. It's not just peeing in a jug and getting your blood drawn, but you have to go through extensive medical testing. So I mm-hmm. spent countless days at Mayo Clinic here in Arizona and yes. I had all sorts of testing. I don't even know what they all were anymore, but I had to go through x-rays and ultrasounds. I had to see like every type of doctor that is there to check out every component and functioning of my body. They had to make sure there was no cancer, no risk. They had to do this thing where like an MRI thing that made you pee. And, um, I don't know. It was like this insane testing. I'm not used to all of it. And I'm I didn't save it into my long-term or my memory to access and tell you what it is, but, um, you spent days um, (laughs) going through all of this testing and then you have to get a, you have to get an okay. And I remember they did this test on me and Mayo Clinic's good y'all. Like they don't mess around. They're well knowing they're super good. Um, the nephrologist that I met with, she was like, sent from God. And she was so just thorough. And I sit down and she pulls open a computer screen and she shows me this 3d imaging of the inside of my body zooms in on my kidneys and talks about each one. And she's like, all right, so I have, (laughs) I'm going to tell you all about my kidneys right now. I have a kidney that was my right kidney was smaller than my left kidney. My right kidney had an extra vein or artery? something yeah it was like hanging there something like that yeah an extra vein I remember or artery that. thing and she's mm-hmm. like so let's talk she's like legally I have to tell you that you can we we will only be allowed to donate the smaller kidney that's how it works like as the donor you have to keep the larger yep. kidney we can't do it any other way yeah. she's like but this smaller kidney I'm gonna double check test that we did and send you through something else but this smaller kidney, even though it's smaller, it's functioning and its output is the same exact as the larger right. kidney. Yep. So it's not operating less than, it's just smaller in size and it has an extra- Whatever, vein or thing. Vein, artery, thingamajiggery that comes out of it. And she's like, now I have no problem as a surgeon operating and removing this. And if I were to be transplanting this into somebody else, I have no problem doing that either, but it's harder work for the surgeon. It's more complicated work. They have to connect things differently. And, um, it can be very good for the recipient, right. To have that. But, um, outside of that, sometimes 
doctors say no because they're like, mm, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that extra right. piece of work. Right. It's really complicated. For sure. And so I was like, oh, Shiza, um, what does that mean? What's that going to be like? And um, so I was like, okay, well, it still works. We got, we got word from you guys and your team said, we're denying you, Dina. Yep. I remember that. And I was so pissed because I was like, how, how is this possible? Like, I will take the kidney gladly. Like what the heck? Like, I remember all of that and being so upset. Oh, she has to come here and this, that, that. And I get it. Like they have things they worry about. Right. And they have processes that they follow. I get it. But like hearing that, knowing where I'm at and hearing them be like, Oh no, sorry. Like, what do you mean? No, don't tell me. No. Like I remember being livid. I livid. know. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. Go ahead and click on the next episode to finish this conversation. See you there. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today. I hope you are feeling inspired and empowered in your own healing journey. I know that many of you listening might be reflecting on your own stories that you may feel called to share. If so, please reach out to me at dinat at empowertoheal.com. That's D-E-N-A-T at empower, the number two, heal.com. Or drop me a message through my Instagram handle at empower, the number two, heal. I would love to connect with you and learn about your journeys so that we can hopefully continue to spread these powerful life lessons on empowering ourselves to heal. My contacts will also be linked in the show notes below so that you can easily find me. We are so eager to start a movement in showcasing the many ways we can heal. And you can be part of this movement too by capturing images and tagging them hashtag empower the number two heal on Instagram. We look forward to seeing all the ways that you are empowered to heal. I love you, beautiful souls, and thank you so, so much. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and review. 